we're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. Show the rest of the world who aren't farmers what it is. What's it, what's it like on a farm? You know, what we do every day. We're feeding the world. It creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. I'm Daniel Sell, joined by my co-host, Wade Howard. Thanks for joining us. Wade, where are we headed? Dan, today we are headed to southwest Mississippi, where Emil Guidon and his family have been farming on the same ground since 1861. We talk about Milwaukee tools, we talk about some of the tires they use, we talk about how Emil and his family make things work in Mississippi. Emil, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Wade. Good to hear. Dan, yourself? Doing fine. Doing well, doing well. Excited for this podcast. Man, me too. This is one that we've had circled on the calendar, and it's it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. Uh, Emil, why don't we start off by tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what y'all do there in Mississippi. Well, our family's been here farming since 1861, pretty much in the same place. Not on the exact same farms, but, you know, in the same area. Some of it's real close. Uh, we started off cutting timber and uh, raising corn, and now we're all row crop, and we have uh, some beef cow that we fool with, too. We, uh, the row crop stuff is soybeans, corn, cotton, wheat. We do some specialty stuff like seed wheat, seed oats, and millet for seed, too. So that's kind of it's kind of a general, you know, broad swath of what we do. Uh, it's mostly mostly row, you know conventional row crop crops, and that's that's 18. I mean it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Eighteen sixty one. Wow, that that just blows me away. That's amazing. Anyway, continue, yeah. Emil. I, I just had to I had to speak my mind. I was just. So it's my grandpa still farms with us, uh, my dad, his brother, myself, and two brothers. That's who that's who's farming now. So that's that's the six of us, six so families. Y'all are a family farm in Mississippi, and basically, from from your Instagram at least, I see mainly uh, uh, soybeans and cotton is your main crops. Is that right? Yeah, soybeans, cotton, corn. And we raise a quite a bit of wheat too. Yeah, uh, the wheat works good for us. We graze a bunch of cattle on it, and then, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's wheat for the cattle, and then we raise a bunch of wheat for grain as well, and some for seed too. A couple hundred acres for seed. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> with with all that, you started off with with uh, forestry, right? As as you said, what made yeah. y'all transition from from that to farming? Well, when uh, I guess it would be my great-great-great-grandfather. When he started, he'd cut an acre of, of timber and put it on the river and sell it and get enough money to buy him another acre. And that, he kept on doing that. And then when the riverboats come by, they were uh, looking for corn to buy for the animals they had on the boats. So he started raising corn there on the, on the stuff that he cleared. So he just sold sold timber and, and raised a little bit of corn. And we just kind of grew that from there. My grandpa really uh, grew our row crop part when he got to doing it. His dad was a more of a cowboy 
but uh, he supported my grandfather and and helped him help him make you know make it to what we are now. And we've we've grown it mm-hmm. from there too. So it's you know things steady change. You got to be able to change with it to, to be successful. If you keep doing the same things over and over and over, time goes on. So mm-hmm. we're we try to we try to do whatever we can to be the most efficient and sustainable. So we can have you know a farm for our kids if they want to come back and and make a living doing what we do. What we do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, that's pretty much the focus for for most family farms, I would hope. But y'all have really got it down to to the dime right there. It's very interesting. Uh, this wasn't. I don't think this was our plan, but I'm going to turn to tools because you talk about Milwaukee tools on your Instagram quite a lot. And you've even got uh, some attention from the actual company quite a bit from uh, the social media side, and I thought that was really cool. Oh, uh, what? Why do you think that Milwaukee tools are the best? Oh, that's a, that's easy because they are the best. <laughs> uh, they're, <laughs> they're the best value. We've had a bunch of bunch of tools on the farm. You know, it's farming is it's not just driving a tractor every day. It's, it's a lot that goes into making that tractor run and and everything else. So you 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 get to learn how to change a tire or work on an engine or you know do all that stuff. And you need tools to do that. And we use air tools forever because that was the only real tools you could get other than you know for actual impact wrenches and stuff like that. And right. I don't know maybe. I don't know, eight, eight or ten years ago, we bought a couple of Milwaukee wrenches to try them out, and shoot, we've, we've circled the wagon with them guys now, and they uh, their stuff makes our job easier and better. And we've tried, just take a grease gun, for example, we've used Lincoln greasers for years, and they're pretty much junk. So Yeah, I agree. So we bought a Milwaukee grease gun, and to try it out because all the rest of their tools are awesome and it was one of my first Milwaukee purchases and it's still in my truck today right now it's still pumping grease you know there's no telling how many tubes of grease it's pumped so yeah. their tools and they their tools allow us to do some jobs a lot differently than we've done before like we set up we've got a really good uh, relationship with our John Deere dealer and they they let us do some things, and one of the things we do is we set up our tr- tractors a couple of years ago, and we did all 100% of that work with uh, Milwaukee Tools. Didn't even crank an air wrench up. So, I mean, that just shows Setting you the versatility. Setting up your, in. Setting up yeah, your like tractors, a, what do you mean by that? Like when the tractors ship from uh, the dealership, they just drop ship them at, at our farm, and, and we put the duels and the weights and set the spacing on them and the uh, steering radius and all that good stuff. Right. Okay. Then, wow. That, so that's all, interesting. We do all that, you know, at the at the farm. We did all that with Milwaukee Tools. I mean, and that's a big deal. And you go from picking up a 30-pound impact wrench all day long to, a, you know, a 5-pound impact wrench that doesn't even have an air hose on it. And all you have to do is keep mm-hmm. a couple of batteries charged up. It's uh makes a lot, lot better. And all the batteries they I mean the tools are great. 
in and, in and of themselves, but the key to the system is the battery. You know, if you get a good tool with a, with a bad battery, you don't have you don't have much. So, and they right. they've stuck with that system. They haven't changed away from it. So the these tools that we bought, you know, eight years ago, we still use them today. Does the battery still work? And they still make good batteries for them. Mm-hmm. So for that the money, sense. and and Milwaukee stands behind their stuff. I'm not going to say that none of it breaks, but for five five year tool tool warranties and three year uh, battery warranty, that's pretty pretty dang good. I mean, we we don't our air wrenches usually don't last five years. Most of them don't last three. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's why we we stick with Milwaukee. And I, I mean, honestly, we've we've got some Dewalt stuff and some other stuff, but as soon as you use Milwaukee, anything, it, it, you don't tend to pick up the other stuff anymore. And then that that just grows. And they have a lot. Their, so, their tool lineup is huge too. Yeah, it is. I mean, our uh, our dealership here in in Panhandle, they've got a whole uh, deal full of Milwaukee tools, and I can guarantee that. That's maybe half of what they offer, <laughs> just because there's yeah. so much. So, if anyone's followed you on Instagram for not not even just a few days, but a week or so, uh, you you talk about compaction. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's about every other post. It seems like there's a there's a informational post about your uh, compaction and and what the importance is of tractor tires. Uh, tell us a little bit about that that and. And why are you so focused on compaction with, with tires and everything? <clears throat> well, compaction is, you know, I like to think of it as a silent killer. You can't really see what it's doing with your eyes. But if you study it very much, it's easy. The information you learn, you know, helps you understand what it really does. And what it does is cost you yield. So we started figuring out ways to, to fight compaction, and one of them is, you know, reduce tillage. The less, the less tillage you can do, the, typically the, the less compaction you're going to create. We don't like to work the fields when they're wet because you get deep compaction. And then just everyday operations, like when you have to plant, you maybe plant a little wet. You know, we want as big of a tire as we can get with as many of them on the ground as we can put. So that's what swapped us over to eight tire you know, our tractors, and they have been really, really good. I, I wish I've been asking Deer for several years to to uh, give us the okay to put uh, 650 millimeter wide dual front tires on there because we're running 480s right now. But uh, they won't. They they. I've seen some pictures of the new 8Rs with them over in Europe, duals. Mm-hmm. So maybe. We're hoping that maybe they can do that. But, you know, it's a silent killer, so it robs yield. And if you want to be efficient, you know, that's one really cool thing about our industry is that you're in the panhandle of Texas, and I'm down here in southwest Mississippi, and we both, you know, are growing crops, and they're sold all over the world. So, you know, you and I literally are competing against every other farmer in the world. So... If I can raise my yield 5, 10, 15 percent by doing some operational practices difference, that just makes that just gives me a 20 percent or 15 percent or whatever that ratio is to be more competitive, and you know may free me up to do some other things. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, 
you see guys buy buy, you know, narrow tires or, or tires that you can't hardly buy nine nine radios anymore, but you I've, I've seen some 7,000 series tractors that are relatively new and guys replace them with bias fly tires, replace a radio that came mm-hmm. on with bias fly tires because they're so much cheaper, but you know, you don't get the, you don't get that performance. And what a tractor does is pull, you know, that's what you do mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, that's what a tractor's job is. So, you know, if you shortcut on tires, you're really that think about everywhere you drive with that tractor in the field, you know, and if you're driving with a, a, a tractor that you could potentially have a 30, 35%, a 40% bigger footprint by, say, buying a, an increased Flexion tire or going from a 420 millimeter wide tire to a 480 or, or a 710, you know, you could really um, get a lot more footprint and, and you're, you're using the same weight. So you've got twice right. as much tractor sitting on the ground with the same weight. So you've got basically twice the flat plate with that same that same weight, and that maybe spreads that weight over that footprint better. Right. So y'all don't use any LSWs, do you? No, we do not right now. We've looked at them, but I I've bought a couple. So we I, we bought a couple of set of tractors. Over the years, and several of them had good years on them, and this is over like a 15-year period. And mm-hmm. the Goodyear tires just don't hold up with what we do. Now we rode our tractors a pretty good bit. You know, we, we're our farms spread out. We don't have one consolidated farm. We farm over, you know, see three different counties, and we actually farm uh, some in Louisiana too. So we drive our tractors from from farm to farm. So we do rode them some, but. I mean, just it's in the, and not only that, not only do the, the fire sound emissions hold up a lot better, but they pull better. You can have two tractors that are the same in the field doing the same job, and a tractor with a fire sound emission will pull that off the Goodyear every time. And, and we've done that for numerous times. The reason we're not running low, yeah, go ahead, sorry, is because, because Goodyear is the only one that's really offering a, a a low sidewall tire that that we'd be in the sizes that we're looking for, uh, mm-hmm. so that's that's why we don't don't have any. I think that I think that technology is very interesting, but uh, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd like to dip my toe in that water, but uh, and really so more on that maybe even for those uh, big nine series tractors, you know, those articulating tractors, compared to you know maybe eight, seven, ten. Or whatever those guys were running on those at the time. But um, another thing on the on the tires, you know, tracks are expensive. Track tractors depreciate a lot faster. You know, it costs more to run them. Um, so the the tires give us a lot more flexibility and and longevity compared to track tractor too. So that's another reason that we uh, kind of stick with tires. We've we've had good luck with them over the years. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of tracks, uh, what what do you think about the 8RX? I know you've seen it. It looks neat. Uh, what I really like about it is uh, some of the other some of the technology they develop with that. You know, cycles over into flows over into other things. Um, it's not like some other equipment 
manufacturers that that kind of adapt something that they already have and to, to fit a track that track is really designed around those tracks uh, i mean obviously it'll work well with wheels too because they're just changing some some of the front end housings out but uh there's that tractor is pretty neat uh comfortable i think they're gonna be really expensive i think they're gonna have a good fit with the people that need them and uh, mm -hmm. I think you'll see some guys that are running like maybe nine RXs, get a couple of mm -hmm. ARXs to kind of fill that void. And it'll it'll be interesting to see what they cost for you know how fast they depreciate over the over the years too. The first yeah. first few years would be fun to watch those. I could I could tell you right now I can probably afford one in about twenty years from now. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that's my guess if it'll hold up that long. <laughs> So that's the reason y'all don't really have tracks. I'm sure. I'm sure you get plenty of people asking why you don't use tracks, but mainly yeah. it's because y'all see the advantages to to tires. Uh, yeah, not and only the, and the right but, tires. Uh huh. Yeah, the right tires. That makes sense. And, and the right right tire setup. So duels on the front, mm -hmm. duels on the back, and 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 big tires. So we run, you know, we run Group 48 rears on most of them a couple of tractors we've got group 49 rears which there's a bigger uh overall circumference and that, that even puts more rubber on the ground so that's the right tire setup and and lots of tires so uh-huh so when you're planting with those wider tires you don't see compaction uh as much even though you're running over uh where the where the planters planting exactly so before we had front duels and we used to run like 420s on most of the tractors 420 millimeter wide tires uh, uh -huh. and like group 47s this would be like on a maybe an 8420 or 8410 mm -hmm. so that'd be like a typical tire setup on those and yeah you'd mm -hmm. see compaction issues uh, not on the outside duels really but right in the track so we always kind of set the planters up around the tractors to make them not planting the tracks. But uh, once we started playing with tractors with front duels and bigger bigger tires, you know, you can't hardly differentiate the stand, final plant stand in the tractor track compared to the road right next to it. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Thumbs up. It's Thumbs up on our, on our, yeah, on our row crop tire or tractor, I'm not exactly sure what we're running, but I know they're 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 a skinnier tire than what the row is. I can't remember what it is, but I wonder, you know, if it might be look, interesting to look into, you know, wider footprint and see if that happen if that happens to change uh, how how it works on compaction for us. But that, yeah. and I think it has to do with soil too, because y'all probably have a, a whole different type of soil, and uh, y'all have probably a lot more moisture uh, over there than what we do have here. It definitely has a lot to do with soil, and we farm a lot of different soil types. So we farm some heavy clays over in Louisiana, and we farm, farm mm -hmm. some silt loams over here, and some of the stuff in Mississippi. So we have a varied soil type too and it does fine you know on all that and what that does is it lets us plant you know lets us get our planters narrower and then you know we use mm -hmm. the same tire setup on the tractors for for all crops so 
we raise corn and cotton on 38 inch rows because uh, cotton needs to be the row width needs to be a little bit wider so you get some air circulation through it when the when the cotton's opening up so that row width uh-huh. works good for us in cotton and then we plant corn on it and it, you know corn i'd like to raise corn narrower but um just how it fits in our you know basic ecosystem 38 inch corn works fine and mm-hmm. so then i can get to use the same you know nitrogen applicator I don't have to change tire setups on my tractors. I can use the same tractors for any job, and it gives us a lot of flexibility. And it lets me plant, my, you know, my beans a lot narrower. So we're, we're, our soybeans are planted on 19 inches, and, you know, in an emergency, I can plant cotton or corn with my soybean planters too and not have to change anything, you know. I just plant mm-hmm. with every other row. Right, right. That makes sense. Okay. See, I, I've, I've noticed that on your social media, but I've never really gotten after it. That's interesting. All right. Are, are you done with tires? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, because okay. there's a lot of knowledge that you've got on that. I, I'm amazed. Uh, we're going to move to your social media. I mean, you know, I, okay. I think I've followed you for, I don't know, two or three years at least. And I'm every time I'm just blown away by, with what you all run, uh, the equipment for – for a small little farm kid like me seeing, you know, what, three or four 790s running in a field, that's awesome. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your social media and, and why you're on social media. Well, I started off, Dan, you know, doing it for fun. And I still do it for fun. If it ever quits being fun for me, you know, I'll quit doing it. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my main goal in putting our farm out there in the world, you know, on social media is to, uh, you know, try to connect the farmer to the actual purchaser, you know, to show what, what, uh, show the rest of the world who aren't farmers, what it is, what's it, what's it like on the farm, you know, what we do every day, you know, just kind of inform them and show them that, that commercial farms, even though we're a family farm, we're a commercial farm. You know, your commercial farm, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the show them it's not bad, you know, and that we're not using up the resources. We're actually, you know, create resources, you know, and everything that we do is sustainable. And if it weren't, if it were not sustainable, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's funny to look at it because you look at the other guys do really well in social media, you know, take take organics for for an example you know we used to raise some sweet potatoes and other fruits and vegetables my dad did years ago and once you start digging down into what organic actually means or and what's what you have to do to get an organic label it's not that not that big of a deal and it's really more of a marketing uh ploy than anything else so mm-hmm. I, I thought by running a social media page about our farm that maybe maybe a few people would look at it and say hey that's pretty neat you know these guys do care about the land you know they do care about they are passionate about what they do um they're not in it just to to use up the soil or you know it's it's we do it because we love it and and the, the soil means everything to us you know if we deplete it it's you know that's how we make our living we 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 make it better Mm -hmm. 
And in the process of doing that, we're we're feeding the world in, in the process of it. So, I mean, before the mechanical revolution, you know, when, when people first settled this country, eight out of ten people had to farm to feed everybody. Uh-huh. Now there are more taxi drivers in this country than there are farmers. So it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different deal. And we're producing yeah. an enormous amount more of food products than they than they did then mm-hmm. it's all about maximizing what you've got in order to be able to continue what your your literal exactly life right. is about exactly right if you don't take care of what of the land that you're farming you're not going to be farming very long and that's that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the short end of the stick so we we farm every day like like we're gonna leave it to our kids and and their kids and their kids and I hope I do a good job of showing that on social media because that's that's one of my that's one of my objectives with it. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of kids, I mean you're very family oriented. Uh, it's basically faith family farming uh, on your social media, and I applaud you for that because. It's hard to find any uh, social media platform uh, accounts that are willing to share share their faith, uh, their family. I mean, I love watching your stories, and I think uh, a while back you posted a picture of, of your sandwich, and somebody had grabbed a had grabbed a <laughs> bite out of it. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. You know, it, it it just took me back to being a kid myself and getting into dad's lunch and eating the cookies. You know, and it, it just right. is is cool and. I applaud you for that. You're very family oriented. Uh, you, you aren't afraid. You're not shy from sharing your kids riding horses or just, you know, being kids. And uh, right. th- does your family mind that? Does it? No. Kind of, no. Uh, do they? They, uh, you know, my brothers, both of them have uh, several children, and they, you, y'all, y'all see them on, on there too all the time so they're it's all mixed up mm-hmm. in my cousins too sometimes their girls are coming and work with us or play with us and one of my aunts um one of her her little boy will come come with us too a lot and we try to get them you know involved in it to teach them responsibility accountability uh how to work hard and that work working hard and and working smart is important and no matter what you do even if you don't become a farmer you know whatever you do in life if you work hard at it and you're sincere and passionate about it you'll do fine so and, and we try to teach them that my, my my youngest brother he's the head him and dad are the head cowboys his little girl she she can ride a horse better than most people on this earth and she rides right behind him every day and and she can she can hang on tight and you teach them, teach them how to work hard by showing them. They wa- they watch what you do. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Kids, kids are super impressionable. No matter uh, if it's on your social media, someone following you or, or what. Emil, exactly. this has been awesome. Uh, I had no idea you were you were such a cool guy. I mean, I knew you were cool because <laughs> you have you have guns you've got family you've got awesome equipment i mean i'm i'm blown away uh 
we're going to change pace and have a little fun here. We talked to you about our rapid fire questions. This is a new uh, little deal for our podcast. We're just going to have some fun with it. We've, uh, Wade and I have come up with some different questions just to have fun with. And I, I feel bad because Wade's just been here listening. I've, I've been kind of <laughs> geeking out on this uh, farm, farm <laughs> lingo, but... Wade, do you want to start off with the first rapid-fire question? Absolutely. I want to tell you all that, that I, I hope our listeners enjoy learning learning on these podcasts, because I know I sure do. Um, learned a lot about tires tonight. I uh, learned a lot about compaction that I didn't know before. <laughs> I think that's that's a kind of a side benefit to this podcast. We're going to learn. We're going to I mean, we're gonna have fun. We're going to tell stories, but we're also going to learn while we're at it. So, Emil, the first rapid-fire question. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Why? My kind of man. No doubt. There we go. I don't know. I just prefer them better. I, I, I've eaten a bunch of pancakes and I've eaten a bunch of waffles, and I just prefer a waffle. I in, think because maybe it go. holds the syrup a little bit better. In Texas, at, at some of the yeah. mo- at, in Texas, at some of the motels, they have they have waffles that are shaped of Texas. Do they have those in Mississippi? I'm not sure. You know, most of the time, if we eat pancakes or waffles, my grandma's cooking them at, at the office every morning. We gather up at her house, her her place. Uh, for breakfast every morning and and she's the she's 82 82 or she'll be 82 this year and she's she's still the head cook so uh so beggars aren't choosers if she cooks pancakes we eat pancakes if she cooks waffles we eat waffles (laughs) Uh, i love that i love that all right next question explain the last picture on your phone the last picture let's uh, say you took a picture you're gonna have to get on your phone now won't you but yeah, I, don't, a, I think I took place. a picture of, all right, let me look here. I think I took a picture of my youngest brother, Lee, and his little girl, Emma. Nope, the last one I took is uh, of my two boys riding on their horses uh, behind my, my dad and, and my brother, Lee. And we got there a bunch of go. dogs in front of us. And we're going to round up some killing cows. We, we sold a load of uh, rail cows today, sent them out, sent them out y'all's way, actually. I'm out to Texas to kill. All plant. right. So yeah, that's the last one on my phone. Uh, I was going to ask a question about your favorite uh, your favorite restaurant, but if if you've got a good grandma there that cooks for you, I'm not <laughs> I'm not even going to try to fight with her. <laughs> that's not even fair. <laughs> so Dan, Dan, why don't you go ahead and ask the last question? <laughs> I, I I came up with this question with you in mind, but uh, what's your favorite piece of equipment on the farm and why? Dang, that's a tough one. Um, and I love tractors. I, I love tractors. I grew up, you know, passionate about tractors and, and hoping that my uncle or grandpa would let me drive a tractor, but I really like a combine. Uh, that'd have to be my favorite. It's a, it's it's really neat. It does, you know, three different jobs that people literally had to do three different times, three different things, and it combined them all into one job, which is how it got its name, Combine. Um, it's not as easy as a tractor. It's a lot more complex. And that's another thing that I'm pretty passionate about. And I may do a little bit more about that on, on social media this year, you know, proper combine setups and how to actually maximize, you know, combine performance. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's my favorite is the combine for sure. And it's fun when you're, well, when you're cutting something because you, you get this sense of completion, even though you're never getting done because you still have to do tillage work and fertility and then the cycle starts yeah. over, but but you yeah. get that sense of completion for the year when you when you finally get it cut. Yeah, I understand that. Well, Emil, 
uh, if if we could end this off, you know, with with something that you'd like to say to our listeners, uh, whether it's about your farm or our farmers as a whole, uh, just if you'd like, just leave a message back to to our listeners who might be listening right now about your farm or who you're who you are as a person or, or whatever you'd like to say. All I can say is, you know, do a good job raising your kids. If you don't do anything else in your life, you know, raise your kids the best you can and, and teach them about Jesus and the, and the importance of it and the importance of working hard because that's that's your legacy. And if you fail at that, you you fail. You know, it's 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 a big deal. It's a lot, it's a lot bigger deal than, than most people realize. And the more time you can spend with them, that that pays big dividends too in the long run. And and don't right be on. don't be so shy on you know with with ag in general. I've I'm I'm not the most outspoken person. Uh, that's why I don't do a lot of uh, voiceover videos on Instagram because I just don't I don't like hearing myself talk. I figure there's enough people <laughs> in the world talking. I like to listen, but. Um, yeah. Be be more open about what you do, and and maybe that we can you know teach the American people you know the value of, of of American ag, and and we'll have a few more you know supporters going forward. Right on. Hey Dan, I know we, we ask all of our guests to uh, to share some advice. I'm going to go ahead and say that's the best we've heard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, y'all guys are our children are the future. <laughs> That's exactly right. Not only of our farms, but of our country, too. So, I mean, that's a, it's a big deal. It is. It really is. Well, Emil, I, I want to thank you for coming on our show. Uh, this has been not only just fun, uh, it's been very informational for me and Wade, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I want to thank you for sh- coming on our show. Wade, I kind of took this thing over, so... Uh, if you have any any thoughts or questions or anything, I'd, I'd like to give you the board. I guess. Man, I think I think we're good to go here, guys. Another great episode, uh, Mill. We want to thank you for coming on. Dan, we'll visit with you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Advocates. Be sure and check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to see who we'll feature next. On behalf of Dan, I'm Wade. We'll see you next time.